Good morning, Grace Place family. What a way to open God Talks. Welcome to all of you who are listening online. This is one of my favorite times of the year, and we get to hear some great stories from church family along with uh, this season. Is, it's kind of like there's two new years in uh, American calendar, right? And uh, we have the real new year, January 1st. But then for those of you who are here who have experienced sending your children off to school, it's the most wonderful time of the year, isn't it? And that is a new year, right? That's starting a new year for them in school. So uh, we're grateful that uh, you are here and helping us kick off a new year uh, with God Talks. And this year, our theme is saying yes to God. And so we're going to be encouraging you to do that. We're going to take an in-depth look today at sometimes when our yes is really no. And uh, get us a good start on surrendering to God and really learning how to say yes with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul, and all of our strength. How many of you were born on your birthday? Okay, I'm so glad. You online, so glad that you were born on your birthday too. We are uh, eager now as we have come together for God Talks to move forward and advance with the birthday that we remember, not just the birth date that we had in terms of our existence here on the planet, but how many of you remember your birthday in Christ? When you were born again, when you surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and you, you said yes to Him. And when you said yes to Him, there were responsibilities that were wrapped around that saying yes. There were promises and privileges of being a member of the kingdom of God and, and, and uh, having the Lordship of Jesus Christ over our lives and, and walking in submission to Him and obedience to Him. There are tremendous blessings, grace, forgiveness, mercy, purpose. God has great purpose and meaning for your life. And as you begin to function in that, it all begins to make sense. There is a worldview that comes out of a surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Suddenly, you see things differently. I've been a pastor for a number of years and led a lot of people to Christ. And I've had all, the way, all kinds of people's descriptions of what that uh, looks like for them, you know, the following days after. You know, they have surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I've had people come up and say, Pastor, I don't understand it, but the grass looks greener. My wife is sweeter. <laughs> My children are, are more obedient. I, I don't know what's happened. It's, it's, it's like something new has, has taken over and old things have passed away. And that's exactly what the Bible says, right? The, the old man dies and the new man is born again. Um, and uh, we are a new creation in Christ. Transformation uh, brings about a new way of seeing our world, right? And we were coming in. Now, this, uh, I want you to get ready for uh, today, but all, all month long, because we're inviting you for the next 21 days to pray with us. Will you do that? Amen. Every single day, let's pray. Let's pray over our city, over our nation, and over this series of God Talks. Will you do that with me for the next 21 days? If you agree to that, you're not only joining us as a local church family, but you're joining with really millions across the United States and across the world who are accepting that invitation. started with uh, yesterday's uh, meeting uh, in Washington, D.C., the great worship conference that took place there. Uh, and uh, they, they, they're all committed 
all of God's family committing to the next 21 days. So we want to invite you to jump in. Let's all pray together and ask God and invite him uh, the next 21 days to do what he wants to do. Now, we bade this place in prayer. Michelle and I were here last night and putting some finishing touches. You know, I don't care what the calendar says. It's fall, right? <laughs> there are pumpkins. It's fall, right? And so we were here and we just decided, well, let's just pray. And we prayed and God moved. And then on the way in, you know, you cannot get better prepared for Sunday than driving in, listening to the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. Opening song, all the way to Calvary, he went for me, went for me, went for me. All the way to Calvary, he went for me, he died to set me free. Although there were so many, many sins, Jesus took them all away. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh, we were, we were just on cloud nine, man, listening and bumping along. People must have thought we were crazy on the drive-in, you know, uh, watching us lift our hands and not paying attention to the road and all kinds of things happening inside that truck as we're driving up. And uh, it was just an incredible, incredible time. Uh, and so that carried over. We were inspired. We came in here got iced coffee, uh, and some of you have had your iced coffee and you're ready to go. And we just really have sensed that God has something special, not only today, but all through this series of God Talks, all through the rest of the month of September and October. So I want to encourage you not only to, you know, to open up to what God has in store, but to not miss a single time. When we talk about culture in our church, one of the things that we want to highlight it has to do with, uh, we want to build a culture around what the mission that God has given us. Luke 19 and 10 established that mission where Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which is lost. And so my heroes in our church are people who are doing just that, who are inviting people to come and engage in church family. So I have heroes like Vanessa who invited uh, to our campus, Michael and Susie, and and uh, they, she worked with them, and, and she invited them to come. And so Vanessa is a hero. Uh, she has invited others that have come and been a part of this. My heroes are like Micah, who invited Kira, and Kira said yes. And you know, one of the things when I was watching this video, uh, you know, inviting, uh, they, the statistics show that, you know, eight out of ten people will say yes if you invite them, right? But I, I was thinking about... Uh, that particular invitation, and, I, and, and Kira talks about it in, in the video, the reason she said yes was because she watched Micah's life first. She watched her love for her, she watched her caring for her, and uh, her attentiveness to the fact that she was on the planet and breathing along with her and, and had issues and life things going on. And, and because that she loved her with the love that God has given us, when she asked the question, will you come? The answer is yes, right? We're going to invite you to say yes to God in every way, shape, and form. This morning, we want to begin, though, by talking about a parable out of Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, we're looking at, at a parable here that uh, Jesus really, it, it, it begins in, in verse 23, and, uh, but we're going we're gonna to start here uh, the passage uh, really getting into the meat of what, the crux of what is going on here that uh, Jesus is talking about, okay? Jesus begins by asking him the question, but what do you think? 
A man had two sons, and he came to the first and he said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterwards, he regretted and he went. And then he came to the second and he said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of these two did the will of his father? And they said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that the tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you, when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. Father, we come to you in, in just asking God for a, a real beginning uh, today as we start God Talks of a personal examination. It's so easy for us, Lord, to uh, think about someone else and not see ourselves. I pray that this, this passage of Scripture, as, as your word serves, is the, the, new, uh, the Old Testament's picture of the word of God is the laver that the priests washed their, their faces, their hands in before they entered the temple. And the laver was a place where they first got a glimpse of themselves. They saw their reflection in the water. And God, we, so, we want to see our reflection in your word. And we pray, God, that you would help us to see what we are and who we are and what we need to do as we go forward in these next steps. And we invite you to do that by your Holy Spirit. Today, we open our hearts to you. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. The text that we read reminds us that actions of our life speak louder than words, right? The actions of our life always speak louder than words. Many organizations have uh, mission statements that they are declaring that their, their top aims are customer service, product quality, civic integrity, putting people first, and all of those kinds of things. You can fill in the blanks, you know. And yet many such organizations have poor service, quality, integrity, and, and poor employee relationships. Individuals may do the same thing. You and I may do the same things in our life, extolling plans and yet falling uh, short of them and failing to implement them in our life. Organizations and individuals falling into the trap may have good intentions and may not recognize that they are failing to live up to their rhetoric. What they've said, what they're proclaiming, happens in households and families where we say something to our children, but our actions live out a different message. Workplaces need both effective systems for implementing their missions and goals and impartial monitoring systems to give unvarnished feedback. We can't put values on a page and frame them and walk away. We can't just hang up 
the scripture that says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. We cannot just hang these things in our homes or set our values and, and believe that somehow, uh, by osmosis, all who live in that household will gain those things. You see, your kids can read, but they need you to lead. Right? They need your example to lead. If the fish on the car represented, uh, you know, is, is representative of the passenger and driver, right? That fish that is a symbol of Christianity, is, is it really representing the driver and the passengers in that car? Or is it just a fish bumper sticker on that car? And here's what we're trying to say. We are too often guilty of saying yes with our lips, but no with our hearts. Unless we honestly question our heart's motives, we position ourselves for self-deception, don't we? We struggle with a commitment. We say yes at times because it's easy to say yes. We're not going to hurt anyone's feelings. It's just easier to go ahead and, and act as if we're going to. But our intentions and our motives and our actions are really no. I get invites on social media like you do, and it's uh, always kind of uh, funny to take a look at, you know, these, these uh, because some of them show you the names of people and what they've decided to do or haven't done with respect to uh, the invitation. And so options, you know, uh, I'm going, you know, I'm not going and interested. <laughs> what, what is interested about anyway? You know, I, I, I get the mental picture, you know, of uh, how would you like to be the host of a, a special dinner for 12 guests? And uh, so you're, you're preparing and uh, you have, you know, eight of them that will say, yes, we're going. And then you have four that say interested. Okay, I can, I can hear this conversation, right? The, the husband's out on the grill cooking the steaks. He says, honey, how many steaks are we supposed to cook? You know, uh, how many steaks do you need me to cook? She goes, um, 10 counting you and me, and then I need you to put four in the interested section of the, of the fridge. He said, the what section of the fridge? Because <laughs> we have no idea uh, on the interested whether they're coming or not, Right? And, and on behalf of, uh, of, you know, these, these two brothers, though, maybe it would have been better had they said interested rather than yes and no. Because at least the father could have gone out and, and recognized, you know, hey, they're just interested. They're probably, you know, I don't know what they're, it's going to be a surprise if they show up. If they show up, there's going to be an extra steak in there. It'll take us a little while to fix it. But uh, here's the thing. I'm going to go out to the community and find some workers because, man, this has to get done. The harvest has to be brought in before the rains come or before uh, the season changes. It's, 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 it's so important. Day and night work here. And so if they're not going to give me a commitment, I need to move forward. Let's take a closer look at this parable and see what was going on. Jesus tells this parable from inside the temple. When he enters the temple, though, just moments before, when he's walked into the temple... He is addressed or uh, kind of trapped, I guess, on the way in by 
religious leaders. The chief priests and elders and, and various religious leaders have come over to him, and they immediately uh, ask him a question. They, they, they are really not informationally asking a question. They're challenging him on walking in and doing some teaching. They say, by what authority do you come here to teach, right? I love the way Jesus answers questions, don't you? We would do a better job, I guess, all of us, if we would answer questions with a question like Jesus does, right? Now, Jesus says, you know, I'm not going to immediately go to the defensive. You know, you're not putting me on the defensive. If, if you want an answer, I want an answer too. So let me ask you a question. And if you can, and Jesus says, you know, if you can answer this question, then I will tell you by what authority I'm entering the temple and teaching. And he, so he, he launches into it and he says, Jesus asked them, he said, and it's earlier in this passage, um, if the baptism of John the Baptist proclaimed had been heavenly or of human origin and painted them into a corner you can't even imagine. There's a crowd around them who loved John and they, they believed in him and they believed in, in, in uh, he, was, he was baptizing, he was preparing the way for the coming of the Messiah and uh, they were followers and they were intently listening to this religious group. Hey, what are you guys saying? You know, what's your answer to this? Is John's baptism heavenly or is it of human origin? You're talking about a whole group of people who've been baptized by John and his disciples. Standing around going, <laughs> all right, tell me I did it wrong. I'm waiting. <laughs> And so here they are, and the religious leaders realize they're in a bind. Either they, the people who, taught, uh, who, who thought John was, was a prophet uh, you know, will, will be mad at them and, and possibly uh, you know, do harm to them uh, at a minimum, you know, just chase them out. Or, or they will have to explain that they didn't believe what John was preaching, and uh, they tell Jesus, you know what, Jesus, um, we can't answer you. And so Jesus says to them, well, neither can I answer you. Get out of the way. I'm going to go teach. <laughs> Immediately following this encounter with the priests and the elders, Jesus begins this parable, right? So that's the setting. And the audience is always important to every single one of the parables and what is happening there. And uh, it, is, it is just like in the story of the prodigal. Uh, it's fascinating that Jesus begins by saying there's a father has two sons. He's He's always being inclusive. There are people that are in the fold and people that are not in the fold. The father always has two sons, right? There are two sons, two daughters, how you want to view it today. There are those who, who are believing and following him, and there are those who are just examining and trying to find their own way. But he owns them both. He loves them both. He created them both, and he wants to bring them both into the kingdom. And he says, a man had two sons. Immediately, you know, they perk up the religious group and the lost group, and they're standing together there again. And the man goes on, uh, the first, and he says, um, Go, son, and, and work in my vineyard to the first son. Son says, I will not. Later, he changes his mind, and he goes anyway, and he works. And the father says, uh, the same to the second son. Go work in my vineyard today. And his son agrees, saying, I go, sir. But later, he changes his mind and doesn't go. Which Jesus says, did, uh, which of them did the will of the Father? Now the audience, presumably still the religious leaders and the others who had gathered there, responds that the first 
uh, the one who said no, but actually went and worked, is the one who did the will of the Father. And then Jesus concludes, uh, which, is, which is very interesting, by saying, truly tax collectors and prostitutes, two groups of people commonly pointed out as, as known sinners, in the society of Jesus, truly they are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. But they said, uh, but, but they did, this, this group of, of uh, prostitutes and tax collectors or lost people. And even after you saw it, he says, you still didn't change your mind and believe. Saving grace of the one who said no was a conscience and, and the guilt that turned uh, really from uh, just a, a guilty kind of situation in his, in his life being guilt-ridden, to being conviction, which you and I fully understand in terms of how the Holy Spirit deals with us, a conviction that we've said no somewhere and we need to go make it right. We need to say yes. We need to, we need to turn things around. And the saving grace of this, this first son was uh, that that conviction moved him in the direction of his father. Moved him in a direction of understanding the authority of his father and surrendering to it. You know, it's easy as we read this parable, disconnecting our own lives from it, as if we're watching a movie, right? We can have empathy for the father, poor guy, you know. He's just trying to get work done. I've been a father before uh, who had a lot of work to do and invited my kids and just, you know, the frustration of knowing they've got their own lives and they're going in different directions and they just don't see or understand how hard it is at this point and how much this work is and, and they just don't want to chip in. We can have empathy for the son and on both sides really we can we can say you know I understand what it's like to, to have a busy life and just have it interrupted person all of a sudden needs help you know and uh, you know it's, it's uh, you know, I had some things I was going to do and, and uh, I, putting those, those plans on hold. We can have empathy for that. We can have empathy for the one that says, man, wow, this guy, you know, he, he turned around and he, and he went ahead and helped his dad. Man, that's great. We can, we can watch this as if it's a movie. We can have empathy for it and, and really disconnect our lives. We, we've had people in our lives who, who say yes and it turned into no. So we, we experience that, right? We've had people say yes on the RSVP or whatever and then not uh, come or whatever. We've had more serious issues than that where people have promised to do something they didn't come through with that promise and it's, it's hurt. But the real question today is what about you? How many times have you said yes but you've performed no? This parable is, is, is asking us to examine our own lives not to watch a movie or hear a story about something in ancient times or be able to relate to it through empathy and understand you know, how that might relate, but it is asking us to apply it to our own lives. How many times have you said yes with your lips but no in your actions? What do your words and actions say about your commitment to Jesus Christ? Is your willingness to commit to God 
and follow through on that commitment deep or shallow? Have you said yes knowing that you really meant no? But you said yes to kind of just ease the moment in your own life, in your heart. We used to refer to this uh, in circles where uh, it was hot and heavy preaching, you know. And you'd see people respond to the altar call. Maybe the pastor had preached about hell or something very convicting, you know. And, and, and there was a, a kind of a fearfulness that fell over the congregation as the pastor was speaking and preaching. And as pastors, you know, we would observe and watch, uh, you know, in our own lives, but other people respond to uh, this intensity of movement. And we had, we had language as pastors behind the scenes that says, I hope that, that, that that's not just fire insurance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what do we mean? It's like, yeah, just get the, the heat off. I'm going to answer this altar call, you know? But when I leave this building, I'm going right back to where I was before. I'm going to live my life the way it was before. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to make my own decisions. Nobody's telling me what to do. I will be the servant of none. I am, I'm going to, to head in the direction that I want to head. And it's, it's never that bullheaded, right? I mean, it's, it's just that we do it. We do it, right? I mean, we, we really do say yes. And there's, there's something that, that, that ignites in our spirit. And, and there's a connection. And there's a sense. And we come to worship. There's something real about that. We had a, a gentleman here uh, several months ago. And, and uh, he, he's, he's not even, you know, uh, from a Christian faith. In fact, follows a, a completely different uh, type of a way that doesn't lead to God. And, and, uh, but he, he was struck by the worship service and was like right after service just came up to me and said, I, I have to meet that, that worship leader, you know, and wanted to get with, uh, you know, Amanda and say, you know, that was just, uh, that was, I don't know what that was. That was, that was real. That was awesome. That that was, you, you were connected. And I, that was just really powerful. And I was trying to explain it. This is just, this is worship, man. This is intensity. This is moments with God. But we can have those experiences and still say no and walk away. It's tempting to say yes to God with our lips and no with our hearts and our actions. The funny thing about this parable, though, is that both sons refuse their father, one with words and the other with actions. And so that's what Jesus is, is pointing out here. He's saying, which one of these actually did the will of his father? Which one of you are actually doing the will of your father? Lip service, one said no. But with his heart convicted, he said yes. Lip service and action. Uh, well, lip service, one said yes, and action said absolutely not. I intend not to respond at all. In the end, we have all responded as both of these sons in various times in our life. We've often been the one who said yes and really meant no. And we have often been the one who said no, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit turned it into a yes. The pastor I identify a lot with, uh, I told them when I was doing uh, my ordination interview, you know, that I identified with uh, Jeremiah's um, statement. 
you know, he grew discouraged. I grew up in a pastor's home and there were, you know, there's, there's really very good things about uh, the church and church family, but there are some, some difficult seasons. And we went through those as a church family. And I, so I identify with, with Jeremiah's bringing the prophetic word of God and the people refusing to hear it over and over again. And that was his, his poor lot in life, you know, was that they just wouldn't listen. And then they would go off into captivity and he would tell them what was going to happen next and they didn't want to hear from him. In fact, there was one of the, uh, you know, uh, one of the kings uh, of Israel that's, that's uh, one time Jeremiah ag agreed with him on something and he said, uh, he didn't believe him because I, I, you know, you, you are my tormentor. You know, why, why have you... You know, why are you in agreement with me? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do what I had intended to do because you're agreeing with me. I'm always doing opposite of what you say. And this was Jeremiah's lot in life. was He would prophesy to the people, give them what God had said to them, and they would reject it and turn their backs on it. His congregation growing smaller and smaller and smaller week by week and month by month. And so you can imagine uh, what it was like when Jeremiah finally arrives at a place in his life where he's very discouraged and he says, no more am I going to speak the word of God. I'm done. And then he just says, but I was weary and forbearing and I could not stay because his words were shut up in my bones like a fire. And it's always been my identity with the calling that God has in my life. It's like Charles Spurgeon said, if you, can, uh, if you can do anything else, do it. If you can't, preach. <laughs> if, you can, if you can do anything else, go and do it. But if you can't, preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was shut up in his bones like a fire. He was weary and forbearing and he could not stay. And that's an example of, I think, this, this first son saying, no, and the conviction is similar to what was going on in Jeremiah, the conviction that was moving in his heart and life to do the will of his father. And he got the mental picture that his father is out there, you know, working in the fields uh, tirelessly. All his life has provided for his family and taking care of him. Can't I just do one thing for my dad? Can't I just do one thing to honor his name? And it's a story of all those of us who have truly surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we at times say no because it seems like a hard road that God has set ahead of us. But then the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, He saved me. He set me free. His grace and His mercy are so rich and real. How can I say no to you, Father? God, forgive me. I'm turning down the pathway you're leading. I want to go where you're taking me. We've all said no with our lips and yes with our actions. Our challenge is to be very honest with ourselves and with God, to examine our own lives and to discover where we are as we begin God talks and move forward. God has room for you at his party. Sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors, chief priests, elders, disciples, and you and me. He's got room at his party for all of us. He had two sons, and he wants them both to come into the fields and work with him. 
The more that we let Jesus into our hearts, the more that we are willing to listen to God and to God's word and let God guide us and direct our lives. But as we open God Talks this year, let us begin with a spiritual condition of our hearts, examining that. If you've ever said, I can't hear God's voice, does God really talk? Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And so if that's a place where you are today, then the step is to move to be his sheep. To surrender your life and to invite him to be the Lord and the leader of your life. That's how you hear God's voice. My sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You see, here's the bottom line for us, and I'm inviting our worship team to come back. We hear the voice of the shepherd we are surrendered to. We hear the voice of the shepherd to whom we have surrendered our lives. And if you are not hearing God's voice, you are hearing a voice of the world, for lack of a better way to describe it. A voice that is, that is calling to you and saying to you to go a particular direction to move in a particular way. We are going to, as the, as the song says, we're gonna serve somebody, right? And if you're serving yourself, you're serving the enemy's plan for your life. At the very beginning in the, in the book uh, of Genesis, he, he challenged God's authority by saying, he did not surely say. God said what he said. And he meant what he said, and he created it, and he said, this is my tree, everything else you can have. And the enemy comes and says, he didn't surely say that, that you're going to die. You see, he's jealous because you're going you're gonna to be like him. And if you're living, you know, where you're ruling your life and, and, and following your own directions, you are doing exactly what he set Adam and Eve up to do from the very beginning at the Great Fall. Lead your own, be a God of your life. Little G, be the God of your life. God doesn't want the very best for you. He's holding out. He's got one tree over here. He gave you 10 billion, but he's got one and, and you need that one. And that's what sin is always all about, right? It's sin is always all about what you don't have, not what you have. You know, not, not the life mate beside you that you have, not the home that you live in, not the car that you drive. You know, your neighbors, your friends, somebody on that you look up to as a, as, a, as a hero in Hollywood. He's always about getting us focused on what we don't have rather than what we do have. But I want us to start right there today is who are you surrendered to? Who are you surrendered to? So I want to invite you to stand with me. And before the worship team begins, I want to give a call for us to begin God Talks, fresh new start for him. 
Maybe you already surrendered your life to the Lord, but you identify with the parable today. and You say, you know, there's, there's a couple of places in my life right now where I have said yes to the Lord, but I'm not performing there. I am not in, in obedience. I'm moving in a direction of disobedience. Then the call is for you. Maybe today uh, it is you having never made that call. You were the other son who said, yeah, you know, going to church is cool or, you know, checking out religion is cool, but you know, really not gonna let it shape me or fashion me. I have some other ideas, I'm busy. There's a lot of things on the agenda. There's stuff I haven't done, places I haven't gone. Bucket lists, you know, in life of things I wanna carry out. And this is just gonna kind of get in the way of that. But the Holy Spirit has been convicting you today and saying, today is your day. Today is your day to make a beginning, a new beginning. And so what I wanna do is ask you to bow your heads with me today. And while your, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, nobody looking around for the next few moments, if God is speaking to you and you've identified yourself as somebody who said no to him with your actions, but yes to him with your lips, and you want to surrender to God today, and make him Lord and leader of your life. I want you to slip your hand up. That's the first call. Today's the first day of your life, rest of your life. Yes, thank you. Yes, God bless you. There are some here today who you made a surrender at some point in your life, but there are some areas now where you're not walking in obedience to him and you're, you're saying, I wanna make a full surrender to him. I wanna start afresh and anew today. This is, Pastor, today's a new beginning for me. I want you to slip your hand up. Today's, yes, God bless you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. God bless you. A brand new beginning. God called me to be obedient, and I want to be obedient. I want to follow him. Anyone else? Hallelujah. As a worship team begins to, to lead us in this song, um, I, want, I want this to be a place where you can come forward, and we're going to pray with you. We're going to agree with you. I'm going to meet you down here. Those of you who lifted your hands, we're going to start afresh and anew, a new start with God saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, today. And yes, going forward. And I mean it not with only my lips, but I mean it with my actions. And that's why I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are and come forward. Because let's put some action with our words. It's easy to say it. Let's put action with it. Let's move forward. Be obedient to the Lord today. He's waiting on you.